Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Notice how the... The shh, the noise just stopped when I turned off your mic for a second. What? That's Alice's computer, saying? everybody. Stop. That's not true. Oh, it is kind of loud right now. It'll be quiet in a second. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. We're going to cut U.S. greenhouse gas emissions by well over a gigaton. This Safeway <laughs> used to be open 24 hours, but as San Francisco's supervisor said, that's not the case anymore because of rampant theft. Gas prices. That is a consequence of the refusal of uh, Russia or, uh, or the OPEC nations to uh, pump more oil. The New York Times says plan for the most expensive meal in the history of this holiday. Context, though, the American Farm Bureau notes that last Thanksgiving was the cheapest meal wow. in a decade. Let's go, Brandon. Southwest has a hot mic. Go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> What is that from? I haven't That's seen That's that. uh, a bunch of pilots talking to each other on some channel, some airline channel. I can't, I don't know the veracity of the thing or whatever, but I choose to believe every second of it. I, mm-hmm. I think they absolutely would be. Well, of course they would. Well, aren't most Veterans. like normal people? Yeah, yeah, at this <laughs> point they are. At this point they are. It's interesting. Uh, first of all, it's election night, but by well, this is an impossible show to do right now because... The polls close at 8 p.m. on in Virginia. I know. And it's almost 7 p.m. Eastern right here right where we are. So nothing we talk about with, with with that race is going to stand up whatsoever. Yeah. Everything will be. I just hope that by the time you guys are hearing this, it would be nice to know. To, wouldn't it be nice to have a nice, clean, early night and have yes. 
I, would, guy, I hope they win. will call it at a reasonable hour, and it's not going to be tight enough that we're going to be looking at that it That would for be miraculous days. if that happens. Miraculous. I'm looking for the Scott Brown, Martha Coakley, call it at 8.04. You know? <laughs> Immediately. I mean, that was, it's hard to match the feeling of that. Oh, that yeah. Night. I mean, oh, although, that was a great, it's interesting because we are in a very... Were we together then? No, that okay. was pre-us. Oh, um, man. That, that was, was actually like very, very shortly pre-us. Oh, apex, apex. That was like the happy. And we didn't get a lot of the other up here in Massachusetts. We didn't get a lot of the other like red wave that happened mm-hmm. those subsequent Obama Tea Party years. Like most of that was very disappointing in Massachusetts. So that was like the only real hit of that of that high that we got here in Massachusetts. Oh, man. So but it that was, was so great. So incredible. And like. By and it's way. actually I I've been thinking about that a lot because because it was in a weird way it was like such similar timing to this you know it was mm-hmm. like pre midterms right so that was what was that a special election that was like January late yes. January and that was a special election so it would have been the equivalent of like this year in a couple months in in this upcoming January. But, you know, there was already this momentum at that point in time about Obama and the Tea Party was starting to kick up and yeah. and people were not pleased with how things were going, including this big Obamacare push. And there was this like crazy energy that I've never felt like before or after anything like that politically but i feel like now we are kind of on the verge of something like that again same here and remember once again back then everybody disparaged the tea party people Mm -hmm. and we're happy to disparage we're laughing at him and laughing at them etc and these and and these backwards half-assed moves by by terry mcauliffe to try to put uh try to put racists and white supremacists dress them up and have them in front of young and things. These are last-second desperate flails. I mean, this is you rarely see this. It reminds me of Martha Coakley's people shoving the They're like terrible screw shoving ups. the uh, reporter from the Weekly Standard, mm-hmm. which is just it's incredible. Um, but and that 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 night was incredible. I was lucky enough to be at Brown headquarters and all these like guys in the. <laughs> It's so interesting. The guys who are really operators know so much. All the national media is standing in front. Gorgeous Nora O'Donnell, uh, mm-hmm. waiting for the news, and we're watching the results come in. And one of Scott Brown's guys come comes in uh, next to me. And he says, uh, "Yeah, it's over." She just called him. What, what the hell? And then there was a roar a few seconds later, and then I got invited up to the Brown Suite to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Scott, it, by the way, and Gail may listen to this. I think um, so. He likes some of our posts sometimes. It was so electric that night, and going up there and seeing them, in uh, the family was wiped out. They were so exhausted. The campaign staff was wiped out. They were so exhausted, like, hanging off of couches and stuff. In the, in the, and some of the younger ones were just partying, like, having a good time. It was such a weird hangover. And me and Graham stayed there till like, 3 a.m., you, you know, just drinking and having fun, and we were up early for the show the next day, still buzzing with excitement in from the boot. It was such a positive night. That was odd. It couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. He was such a cool guy, too. That was a great... We don't have to revisit it, but Scott, if you're listening, we want to have you on and uh, talk to you. 
And Gail. I want Gail to talk is to Gail. running for office. The right? more interesting of the She's couple. She's kick-ass. And yeah. Ayla's awesome, too. I've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with her at, the, it was at Boston Herald Radio. Uh, Running think, for Congress, by the way, Gail, Gail in yeah. New Hampshire. Um, but yeah, and I just think about that and how good Scott's political instincts are, mm. too, um, because he exactly was in there at the right moment. And and he's such a politics guy, like love to call into talk radio. If you were a talk radio fan in Boston during that era when Scott Brown was a state senator before he ran for Senate, um, you know, he would be on the air all the time. He called in all the time, commented mm-hmm. on stuff, talked about stuff, joked around. I-, I mean, he's a funny guy and he just like he's very he's interested in this stuff and he has a really good feel for it. And I think that's one of the reasons like he was this very early endorser of Trump. And I think that that caught a lot of people off guard because he's seen as such a sort of Massachusetts Republican, like, you know, Mm -hmm. moderate, not like and rabid Republican. But around here, people's view of Trump, even though I think in a lot of ways, Trump is really a blue state liberal in a lot of ways. Oh, definitely. Um, I think that people around here, their perception of Trump is that he's like this totally rabid, crazy, extreme right wing Republican. And the fact that Scott, who's such a moderate, endorsed him so early on, people like couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But I think that Scott Brown recognized that he tapped into a lot of that same energy that brought Scott Brown to the Senate. That oh. same like working class, say what you think. I have a truck energy. I mean, like, think about the Scott Brown truck thing. And I don't know if I know a person with a pickup truck who voted for, for Biden or Hillary. Right. Like, no. I just I, I think that that he saw something there early that a lot of people missed. And I think that, um, you know, that got him an awesome gig in New Zealand for, oh, for yeah. the past four That's years. He's managed to avoid all the drama right. of everything. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, awesome guy. And I, I've been thinking about that moment a lot because of where we are in the Biden presidency with this just incredibly powerful energy of this let's go Brandon thing. Yeah. That's so perfect. That's so perfect. And I saw somebody posting about this, like, like, why are they so scared of Let's Go Brandon? Mm-hmm. And it's because it's so it has like such viral potential. It has yes. such meme potential. This the Let's Go Brandon thing encapsulates so much. Yes, and you know why? Because if it was if it was F Joe Biden, it wouldn't be the same. Yeah. But Let's Go Brandon is good natured. Yeah, it's innocent. You know, it's having fun with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with just a, a moment in time with with the media of all people right. providing the moment. Mm-hmm. And just to Yeah, have- and you're right. It is like it is very almost naive. I saw a liberal actually saying this on Twitter saying that it reminds them of like a more innocent time in politics when liberals had Buck Fush bumper stickers. Oh. <laughs> you know, I like that. that it's like sort of trying to be edgy, but it's like cute not really trying to swear edgy but it also like it gets at the fact that the media lies all the time and is completely dishonest and terrible it gets at like this just visceral reaction that people have to the fact that they now can't buy things and you know that Joe Biden is literally destroying their lives day to day and just all of that it's it's so perfectly captures the mood in the country mm-hmm. right now i think uh, totally, and it's trying to use good humor in a time when everybody is in a time of, time of absurdity, mm-hmm. which hopefully is repudiated. Hopefully, we'll see. Um, and that's the 
That's the thing. Man, I can't... This is... The coverage of Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. is devastating. It's devastating. And it's only going to continue because local outlets can feed off of what's happening Thanksgiving forever. From now until Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And keep reporting. And, and, and all these things, everything that you do in need for Thanksgiving now is needlessly expensive. Yeah. Everything. And is. people, I was just at the store a few minutes ago before we started this show. First of all, a bunch of people are buying turkeys now because the panic has set in that there's yeah. not going to be stuff. I was there today, too. Second there was of a all, huge lines when I was Yeah, there. it was packed. Second of all... Uh, there might not be stuff because the shelves were as bare as I saw them at any point in the pandemic. Our kid asked for Gatorade. There were about like there were only like three eight packs of Gatorade yeah. left on the shelf and then like a few singles hanging around. I mean, it was crazy. I haven't yeah. seen the store look that empty in a while. And, you know, not everything, but certain items. And you can tell they've like arranged things in ways to make it look like they're trying to look I've, like they I, have more than a Plan man noticed this. I'm just tall enough so I can see the, the stock people's uh, strategy, you know, to block stuff in the front. And, but they leave stuff way in the back. Because they're not as tall, probably. So they can't get that. It's good for clam man. But like, or like, I was looking for a healthier juice for the kids, like you know the V eight splash ones mm-hmm. that it like tastes like fruit, but it supposedly has vegetables in it. I don't, not, there were none of those. The only flavor of V eight that was there in the whole store was V eight extra spicy, and they had. <laughs> I wish it, you got it for. They them. had it filling up like a whole shelf because like they had no other flavors of V eight, so it was just all packed and, and out is, with so, V8 so, so I'll use that, that to play the CNN mm-hmm. rap, which I think. CNN must hate having to do this. John Berman w- was right there. He must have hated that this reporter was in a such a good mood when talking about this. But this is this is a devastating thing, not just for, for all Democrats. This is just devastating. Let's talk turkey. Inflation is your uninvited guest for the holidays this year. Ag economists are saying, grocery stores are saying, they expect a run on turkeys, a run on birds, because people gather again this year. Uh, Take a look at this. We're expecting the price to top a record high of $1.36 per pound this holiday season. That's nearly 22 bucks for a 16-pound turkey. Your sides, that's a problem, too. All of those prices are rising for potatoes, for biscuits, for vegetables and apples. All of these are up since last Thanksgiving. <laughs> Potato prices up three and a half percent. Biscuits up four. That's just since last year. Mixed vegetables up almost four. Those apples to make your signature pie up nearly eight percent. They're really and hitting all realize, the hits for Tom Shattuck here. Can you bl- Turkey, potatoes, and right. apples are all up, Tom. What are you going to do? I know. <laughs> incredible. My God, such fine cuisine. <laughs> But the the thing that's so incredible is this is so thorough. There has not been a piece like this that's da- so damaging to Democrats for decades. I, I can't know. remember the last time. Maybe coverage of of Wiener, maybe. But this is she won't stop. She's hitting every side dish, every possible thing. Driving over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house is more expensive. Even using the song in there <laughs> makes it twist the knife even more. Expensive this year because of the surge in gas prices. The national average for a gallon of gas, 340 right now. Look at the difference from last year. It's up some 38%. So why? 
We've been talking about this, right? The global supply chain is still a tangled mess. More people are expected to gather this year. That means more demand. There are labor shortages, high transportation costs, bad weather affecting hurting crops around the country. Uh The early bird in this case gets the turkey. Ag economists warn the risk is everyone at the same time will be trying to buy their ingredients. Be flexible. Shop now. If you wait, you might not get the size. They were so thrilled to come in and do all the executive orders on day one in the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. They were so thrilled. And they they spiked the football. Saki was such a know-it-all about every part of it. Every part of it. All yeah. of these people. Oh, it's freaking beautiful. And when she said, and this, all these prices are going up. And you know why? Everybody there has one vision in their head when they think about why. And it's the uh, empty, uh, you know, husk uh, running the country right now. Mm-hmm. That's precisely what people are thinking. Bird you want, heritage birds may not be available near you or they might not be in your budget. So that means... What the frig is a heritage bird? I don't know. Means people get shopping. Richer than the National Grocers Association like says there is plenty of food in the supply chain, but consumers should uh, secure those must-haves in a timely fashion uh, to have the favorites on the holiday table. Now, hold up. Now, listen to how she ends this. She ends this just to add context, just so you know. Mm -hmm. And what this really is, is like the headshot. John, the New York Times says, plan for the most expensive meal in the history of this holiday. Context, though, the American Farm Bureau notes that last Thanksgiving was the cheapest meal in a decade. (laughs) Who was president then? Just remind me. Right. You think John Berman (laughs) wanted to hear that? Oh, thanks for the context. Who the hell brought her here? (laughs) Oh, it's so, it's so, it's, it, once again, it's kind of gallows humor, you know, we're laughing at it. It's not great for, it's I mean. It's not awesome, no. For people who are just getting by, this is terrible. This is terrible. terrible. We're not, it's awful. Because Democrats are running all the cities and et cetera, um, all the, the, the cities with most lockdowns, et cetera, we're not taking a deep dive yet into mental health, uh, suicides. Suicides and self harm amongst kids, etc. It's still happening. I had a scary conversation with parents today about how many kids they know at the school are seeing therapists in a, in the third grade class. Right, are seeing therapists now because well, in they're right, so we, traumatized by everything. Yes, and you talk about we talk just about what we talked about last week with in Melrose. There, seven percent mm-hmm. have con- tried to commit suicide. suicide. Well, uh, but the priority is on Halloween. De-emphasizing Halloween. The the idea that that pussbag mayor, and I don't know who does the firing of people, is not going in firing it's the, the school shit committee, out but of the that, mayor's on the school that, committee that superintendent. and the rest of the people. Well, but the guy in the school it, yeah. committee was like, oh, I'm just thinking you should have better messaging in the future. You freaking idiots. All of you. God, you demented fools. <laughs> They're demented. They're incredible. We're very concerned that she's gotten hate mail. Oh, you think? Yeah. Because she's a buffoon and she's pernicious. She's a malevolent force in there. That's why you're getting hate mail. Well, right. I mean, and I think this about the same thing about the, you know, let's go Brandon thing. Everyone's so concerned. Like, this is so crass. How can people say such a thing about the president? Maybe you should worry about the president being so awful. Oh, yeah. There was an AP story today. Maybe instead of being upset about people... Uh, being mad at the superintendent yes, nationally, the, you should worry about the fact that you have a psychopath that everyone is mad at. Like, shouldn't that bother you about the superintendent? Right. And that person actually 
happens to be psychotic. <laughs> she is, I mean, it doesn't take a big Google search to know. The AP, um, here's the AP uh, headline today. GOP push to politicize school board races gets election test. Is that what happened? <laughs> hey, guys, how about we suddenly politicize school board races? How about we do that? Mm-hmm. With no acknowledgement whatsoever. Or, uh, you know, self Yeah, the GOP set out to politicize school boards. That's what happened. Uh-huh. Remarkable. Remarkable. And the idea that they can't own, and that's why it's, that's why the mm-hmm. Let's Go Brandon thing as well. Well, right. And I mean, I can't speak to how it is everywhere, but you talk about politicizing school boards. School boards are often treated as a jumping off point to higher positions in politics. So they are absolutely used. I mean, like. Sarah Palin was on a school board before she was mayor of Wasilla and then governor of Alaska, right? Like, Catherine Clark, who's poised to become the next Speaker of the House, potentially, because Pelosi's not planning to run again. She's the, you know, second highest ranking woman in Congress right now. She was, when we first moved to Melrose, she was a state rep. And the reason she was state rep was because she'd been on school board before that and hung around all the Democratic politicians and stuff and, and did all that stuff. I mean, like... School board is a political position, and it's treated as one. So who's on your school boards absolutely matters. So, yeah, I apologize to America if Catherine Clark turns out to be the next Speaker of the House uh, on behalf of Melrose. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, at least not the next Speaker of the House, but we'll see. All right. So Joe oh, Biden, yeah. I mean, yeah. Joe but... Biden is overseas. We've already played a little bit of the audio. We're going to cut U.S. greenhouse gas emissions by well over a gigaton <laughs> by 2030. <laughs> I'm all for it. I am all for it. Uh, yeah, he didn't have a great day. If you take a look at, uh, you know, gas prices and you take a look at uh, oil prices, uh, that is a consequence of, thus far, the refusal of, uh, of uh, Russia or, uh, or the OPEC nations to uh, pump more oil. Right. No, no other reason whatsoever. No other reason whatsoever. It's just they're not pumping more oil. Not as if we went in there and immediately restricted drilling and oil production domestically. And pipelines. Exactly. It's remarkable. But hey, they're going with it. Then absolutely go with it. I'm all for it. I, I, uh, I'm glad you are. But uh, let me see what else I have for Biden over there. Uh... Mm-hmm. Hold on. Hold on. Are you, I'm not sure if I can. I don't want to bring up a new thing topic and switch gears if no, you're don't. still I, doing got, more Biden over there. No, there's another. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I can't jump in here and fill if you're gonna if you're on hold looking for your Biden. Audio. No, there was another Biden audio piece of audio there, but uh, maybe I don't. I thought I had it. It doesn't. He, he's confused in a lot of stuff. Let me just say that. Okay, that's essentially what you. Uh, oh wait, maybe this is it. There, here we go. <laughs> here we go. For example, one of the reasons why I decided to talk about the need to deal with uh, um, uh, uh, the uh, the operation and the gouging that occurs in some of the pricing of beef and chicken and other things is that uh, that's why I think we're, I indica- that's why I indicated to you we're going to look at whether or not uh, there's a violation of of antitrust laws and what they're doing. Right. Okay, there you go. I feel great. I feel great. Anyway, that's his trip essentially has been a bunch of those 
Um, Al Gore was asked questions. Yeah, and I love the implication, too, that the problem with prices and inflation right now is mean people just charging too Mm -hmm. much. Yeah, it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. All right, what do you got, Alice? All right, so the the infrastructure bill has hit a new snag. Um, I don't know how much you saw about this. But but I just saw, hold on, I just saw Mm -hmm. Priya... Priya Jayapal just okay, talked yeah, about this. Her, yeah. This week, we will have votes on both the infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better Act together, which is what we've called for for weeks. So we finally got what we've been saying, and we, we're glad that people listened to us. Um, he, was after, saying, he, was, he was saying, trust me, on Thursday, though. But we didn't have the bill. And he did not ask for us to vote on that day. He said, I need votes on both bills. And we have been saying for months, he went down to Congress we are not to ask going to vote. vote just on an idea or a promise or a framework. We're going to vote on legislation. So this may be true, but there's... A- uh, she's been all over the place. There are several people having their own truths with this. She's been saying one thing. Manchin has been saying a total other thing. There's also no bill. Mm-hmm. There's also no soft infrastructure bill. Right. You can't read anything. Nobody knows. So among the things that's not in the bill is any change to the SALT deduction. Are you familiar with the SALT deduction? I saw deduction? it today. I, I don't recall. So what the SALT deduction is, is it stands for state and local tax deduction. And uh, one of the things that the Trump tax credit did was it limited the amount of state and local tax deductions that you could deduct. In on other words, federal blue taxes. states, essentially, that have right. high state so taxes. So if you have high taxes, it limited you to $10,000. So, like, a lot of people around us have property taxes that are higher than that, right? Like, mm-hmm. just on their house, much less their state income tax, right? So this hits wealthy people in in blue states very hard where they have high property taxes and stuff um so you know because they're limited now they can't deduct all that if you have a lot of kids it sort of balances out so like we don't even itemize our deductions anymore because the trump tax cut increased the standard deductions so much for all the kids that you know it we it worked out fine for us because we have lots of kids um but you know, I know especially like some older Republicans were very upset that under the Trump tax cut, their taxes were actually higher because, you know, if you're older and you don't have kids at home and you're used to being able to deduct, to deduct all that, um, you can't. He also limited the mortgage interest deduction to um, $750,000. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this this hurt um, wealthier taxpayers in blue states in particular, which I kind of tend to not be that mad about it because I think that wealthy liberals use property taxes as essentially private school tuition. Like you pay incredibly high property taxes to send your kids to really boutique nice schools Mm -hmm. that you pay for with your incredibly high property taxes and then you move somewhere else. So like why do you get to write that off? Like it doesn't necessarily make sense to me. It's the federal government subsidizing rich people's fancy schools and stuff. Like I don't know. I... But it did raise taxes on some people who are who are I know who are Republicans, too. So anyway, so there are certain blue state Republicans that have been fighting now for a while to get this changed back, including people like um, this is they're like New Jersey and New York reps that I haven't heard of. Josh Gottheimer, Mikey Sherrill there. So they want to make sure that repealing the salt cap 
ends up in this bill. The only problem with that is that the Biden administration is committed to trying to make a revenue neutral bill. And that costs them about $450 billion of revenue. So a third of the cost of the whole bill. And that goes almost exclusively to wealthier taxpayers. I think it's like 96% of the benefit. 96% of the benefit is accruing to like the top 10% of top 20% of taxpayers. It's like all going to wealthy people, basically. I think like the middle 60% of taxpayers on average make like $37 from repealing the tax cut. It's not a middle class tax cut. This is something that affects rich people, which you can argue is it good or is it bad, but you know, out of their bill here, you know, $450 billion of it would be a tax cut primarily on very rich people. And when they're like cutting parental leave and the child tax credit and stuff like that mm-hmm. from it. So this isn't something that was in here. And these Democratic reps, Pelosi can't lose like any votes Who in the House. Who put it in there? How'd it get in? It didn't get in yet, but they're saying they're not going to vote for it. These Democratic reps from like New York and New Jersey aren't going to vote for it unless it is in there. And they want five years, including retroactive to this year. Whoa. Oh, oh how <laughs> yeah. nice. So that's what they're saying is going to cost $450 billion. So this is um, this is why Bernie Sanders is mad. Bernie Sanders isn't going to vote for this in the Senate. You know what I mean? So they're talking framework on this, but... They have reps that aren't going to vote for it in the House if it's not in there. Right. And they have Bernie Sanders who aren't going to vote for it if it is in there in the Senate. <laughs> and this is oh, I love this. And I this even wasn't care. even in the framework yet, which means that this is they'll have to cut another third of the bill away <laughs> of the like benefits and the programs that they want to make if they want to squeeze this in here. And they might not be able to get it into the House if they don't. So, yeah, this is a big problem. So that's them. interesting. And let me run something by you. So, uh, Jaya Pali, you see, she's saying now we've all had to come to Jesus mm-hmm. moment and the squad people are going to vote for the bill because of the framework, uh, which they like, whatever. Okay. Put right. aside with the big glaring problem that you just mentioned. Right. So, in the commentary podcast today, Pod Horitz brought up a, a brilliant point. Mm-hmm. So, now you've got the squad is going to behave and and vote for... The bill, as long as it's combined with the soft infrastructure, right? You know, and the um, and looks like you might have something that Mansion might be able to go for, possibly if they say it's right. If they say, it doesn't sound like it's Mansion, but Pothorst, his his point was that why then would Republicans? Why wouldn't McCarthy didn't tell Republicans to vote it down, to not vote for it, to not vote for which one? For either of them. Well. Aren't they not voting for either of them? Well, I don't think so. I think they want to vote for So they got the the 10, the main infrastructure bill, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, Mm -hmm. already passed the Senate with the 10 Republicans in the Senate. But they don't need any Republican votes in the House. Uh, I think they do, don't they? No, they only need a straight up majority in the House. But she can only lose, she can only lose three Democrats in the House. Because she has like a six vote margin so if you lose three democrats then it goes down but isn't that isn't the hard infrastructure bill uh, it's, it's a but the filibuster is only a thing in the senate it's not a thing in the house 
The, what was Potterhort saying? I'm not sure because God I didn't listen to it. I'm sorry. I don't know. I could be wrong it's about something, fault. though. I could fault. be wrong about something. I just don't know what it is because that was my understanding anyway. Anyway, his point was that the Republicans have the opportunity to let them fall on their faces. Well, they could. They're working on it right now, trying to fall on their faces. So, uh, yeah, it's not It's not necessarily I'm like trying a to good see if your buddy Bill Malugin, right uh recognizes, acknowledges He's your not, crush. I, I don't want him to acknowledge my crush. He doesn't Stop. even know I exist. It's so wow, weird. You're wow. emba- Why do you want to embarrass me on Twitter? I don't. You have a crush on him. I'm I don't tweet to... at Kate Upton. Like, my husband loves you. Like If you loved me, you would. <laughs> my goodness. so weird. Is she on Twitter? Where is she? Probably. I don't know. I don't follow her because I don't goodness, care because else. I'm not a weird creep like some people. <laughs> oh. Can you Stop. Ah, goodness gracious. Tom's tweeting at Bill Malugin, and then I have a crush on him. Mm-hmm. Like some weird... I, it's so... I don't know. Don't do that. It's creepy. Oh. Get up to this? Oh, I'm following her. I don't see <laughs> any tweets from her. such a weirdo. But yeah, anyway, as Tom said, um, Ooh. basically... Uh, Basically, Bernie Sanders was tweeting about this and really mad about the salt thing because because it does benefit only almost exclusively, exclusively very wealthy people. It's really, um, you know, you can like tax cuts for rich people, but it's it's sort of a weird tax cut. I don't know. So I like it. It's for the for the one percent. I've always um, I've always taken a little bit of pleasure in the salt cap because you know because it makes the rich liberals upset that are deducting you know twenty thousand dollars of property taxes from their federal taxes it and i don't like them because i'm i'm a lame jealous person (laughs) you know but but um yeah it doesn't really impact us the salt deduction (sighs) so let's see julian castro talking well, I mean, you know, what we see out there is uh, that there's no question that Glenn Youngkin has uh, put forward what I think is going to be a blueprint for Republicans across Ooh, the country going nice into the defeatist. 2022 midterms, uh, picking and choosing his issues, using these racial and uh, oh, other please. cultural wedge issues, basically engaging in racial priming uh, <laughs> to amp up his base, staying away from Trump. He handled that very, very well. Oh, he is uh, handing the victory Trump to young toxic. Didn't have him come into Virginia, uh, and at the same time, doing what he could to fire up his base. Uh, on the flip side of that, look, there's nobody that knows Virginia politics better than Terry McAuliffe, and uh, what we see in this election well, is a poll, different. Virginia exit poll. Who do you trust to handle the issue of crime? Forty-two uh, percent only Youngkin. Sorry. Landscape today in terms of... 43% only Yonkin, 38% only McAuliffe. ...ability of Virginians to vote. Very interesting. For instance, uh, the Virginia legislature made it such that instead of just seven days of early voting that folks had before and they had to have an excuse to early... Wow, it sounds like Castro is saying uh, this is terrible. Um, So... Wow, uh, it's so far. It's uh... okay. I'm not going to get excited. Not going to. Yeah, excited, I don't want to get too excited right now because, first of all, they still can count mail-in ballots up to three days after the election. So I don't want to get too excited. Um, 
Second of all, it's going to take longer to count the ballots in these big cities. There is high turnout in Republican areas. There's also high turnout everywhere. And high turnout in general is usually not great for Republicans. It's usually, I mean, that sounds mean. Babylon but. B has a great tweet on this. Terry uh-huh. McAuliffe shaves head, gets Nazi tattooed to warn everyone about Glenn Youngkin. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, did we ever get any clarity on the Confederate flag on someone's jacket that no, I think that we all was know. standing directly in front of the press? Uh, with and a, kept making sure they were in front of the press. Um, uh, now, did you know that that uh, locals merged with Rumble? I saw that you sent this. What are the deets? Tell me the deets. I'm excited know about the deets. that. Uh, Rumble announces new U.S. headquarters in Sarasota, Florida. Rumble is excited to announce that it has signed a lease for property in Longboat Key, Florida. I don't need the, the, that means anything. Uh, that's it. And DeSantis welcomes them with open arms, but it doesn't talk about the merger, so I'm not sure what the details of that are. I mean, that's exciting because Locals does do some of the stuff that I'm annoyed that Rumble doesn't do. Like, they have, you know, you can make a private live stream on Rumble and stuff like that, that or on Locals that you can't really do on Rumble. And Locals is also, although Locals has a few issues where it's, like, clunky and stuff, but in general, it's much slicker and works much better better than rumble for what it does it doesn't have like the virality of the the platform of rumble where where rumble's trying to have viral videos Mm -hmm. um are you looking for this sorry would you like so uh, okay let me just play something else here which is unbelievable so let's have prince charles here at the g20 climate session today is for countries to come together to create the environment that enables every sector of industry to take the action required. We know this will take trillions, not billions of dollars. We also know that countries, many of whom are burdened by growing levels of debt, simply cannot afford to go green. Here we need a vast military-style campaign to marshal the strength of the global private sector. Okay, it it is... Is everybody now, is everybody forgotten how to do everything? Is this the right time for an English British monarch to talk about, <laughs> you know, mustering the uh, military style, uh, you know, initiative? I mean, are you are we kidding here? I mean, do I, they do anything that's actually good at any global conference? No, is but, any I mean, of it like positive? Like, I can't imagine. It's election day too. What are you crazy? <laughs> Everything they're doing is terrible and stupid. I can't believe how bad they are at this now. How can they not get it? Do they believe? Maybe it. Maybe it's possible that for the last four years they've been so, so fixated on Trump that they simply stop living mo- normal lives. And haven't been breathing the air at, uh, you know, at sea level, right? And haven't just have not had the normal sensibilities of normal Americans who weren't stressed out over the last four years as being a state of emergency time and where a person ascended to the th- presidency without any credibility, etc. So maybe they're, they're just ca- calibrated wrong now. Mm-hmm. I don't even under what are you doing exactly? I'm looking for a story that I thought I sent to us, but I can't find it now. Uh. It's just remarkable. It's it's remarkable how bad even to have the stupid freaking climate summit. Nobody gives a flying f. No, very few Americans really think 
are scared of the climate right now. Very few. You know, it's a it's a pocket and sophisticated issue to uh, believe in and have and talk about and and uh, you know you're showing you know your your credentials as a concerned responsible citizen when you at least believe it or mention it once in a while, but nobody is really afraid that the sea levels or increased hurricanes are going to kill us anytime soon. Nobody's well, really no. afraid, or else everybody would be holy God. Oh, let's get to higher ground immediately. And higher ground is plenty of it available. Yeah, it's not generally on like Martha's Vineyard and places like that where they have houses. The type of people who go to global conferences. But I mean, they just want to all gather and like talk about what they want to make us do, you and me. They don't want to actually like adjust their own behavior. And I mean, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think people are less and less impressed by this sort of thing in uh, general yeah and he, i mean how there the problem in for prince charles to be all in about we're gonna need the military style just like what exactly do you think you're going to do what does he think is going to happen does he think that as soon as now everybody hits their climate initiative we don't know for sure that the uh -huh. amount of carbon output right now is the thing, it, it, one, can be toggled. We don't have no idea that we can do that. Two, we don't know to what extent it's doing anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is all, the reason why this is such a great and fruitful field to be in is that nobody knows anything. Well, right, and it's really just a substitute. Like, we've talked before about how COVID is for a lot of people like a type of purity culture. Like, if you don't have a religion that tells you you know, what you should be eating and what you should do and, like, ways that you should live your life in terms of, like, your everyday things, like food and your sex life. And like, if you don't have, a, if you don't adhere to a religion that gives you things to do like that, you're going to find some other way because mm -hmm. people naturally gravitate towards that, right? So, like, whether it's COVID and, you know, being super conscientious about masks and distancing and this and that, uh, or whether it's, you know, the climate and making sure that you don't waste water and that you turn out your lights when you leave the room. It's a sort of purity culture. It's like a self-denial breeding a sense of goodness and right. purpose and, like, meaning in your life. Right. No, that's exactly what it is. And, but very few people, if you grab, if you go to the Democratic National Convention and grab somebody off the floor and say, what do you think about climate change? They will tell you they're very concerned. It needs to be, it's a priority, et cetera, et cetera. If you ask them to describe exactly what's happening, very few people would know. Very few people would know. Mm -hmm. All they know is that you're supposed to show fealty towards the greater cause, and that's it. Mm -hmm. That's all yeah, they it know. It reminds me when there first started to be like styrofoam bands and plastic bag bands in some towns in Massachusetts. And I remember Marjorie Egan on the radio saying, like, we had just had Hurricane Sandy, and she was like, you can't look at the storm and how much destruction. Mm -hmm. We have to do something. And I'm like, does you yep. using a styrofoam takeout container in Brookline affect hurricane sandy right. like it's not clear to me that that does anything but right. that's the belief there's no causation right you know exactly it's the same like with the masks though is people totally. feel like there's this big scary thing out there thousand people have people are died. dying just put on a mask right just it, get rid of the styrofoam what does it take how many people have to die and you're like but what does my styrofoam have to do with the dying and they're like oh do you just like people dying 
Yeah. 700,000 people. Don't you see? Did you see Hurricane Sandy? You still want your styrofoam Dunkin' Donuts oh, cup totally. after Hurricane Sandy happened? Like, as though they have anything to do with each mm-hmm. other. But, I mean, and they'll extend that logic to everything. They'll extend that to race if you let them, to everything else. They'll treat everything like that if you want to have that. Because... I mean, humans are naturally religious creatures, so we have well, to have a religion. And, and much like with the handling of the COVID stuff, mm-hmm. when they see that their alarmism is not working and it's not sufficient, they'll then they'll tie everything into the climate. Climate change is causing terrorism. Mm-hmm. Climate change is uh, is racist. It's causing more inequity. It's causing climate change causes everything. Just in case you thought you could get away from this, well, we have a way to. To connect it to some part of your life, climate change and change and natural disasters cost us eighty eight hundred billion dollars a ocean, year. How's the ocean liking all those plastic masks that we keep dumping in it too? By the way, remember we tried to burn them at someone's house. They won't even burn because they're not made of any natural right. fabric or fiber known to man. No. So, there, those are all hanging out in the ocean, choking fish and whatever else. But you know, but everybody needs their like special morally virtuous rituals to feel good. But, Remember for a while, everybody, it was about cutting the plastic rings from the soda things? Of course, of course. Right, everybody right. had to yeah, do and that. The turtle had a straw up his nose, so those <laughs> all had to go away. But here's the thing about that, is that religion doesn't require you to proselytize towards every, to everybody else, to harass them. This all does. This mm-hmm. means that you have to harangue your neighbor. Well, some religions do ask well, you to proselytize. But people don't generally do it. Right. You know, the the uh, freaking, who are the people who have to do that? Jehovah's Witnesses. Jehovah's Witnesses. Maybe they do that. You know, uh, but other than that, there's not, this climate thing is, I'm worried, so we all, the, whole, the entire collective has to act, whether or not, regardless <laughs> of what degree they subscribe to the whole canard or not. Right. Exactly. And I mean, generally, I think the focus with proselytization on religions is generally like when somebody's trying to convert you to their religion, it's usually about like statements of truth. Like they're trying to convince you that the religion is true and thus then to follow their prescriptions. They're not starting with the prescriptions because they just assume the underlying thing is true. But liberals and like science religion, whether that comes in the form of COVID or climate change or you know the public health threat of racism or whatever thing in the science religion that you're for they so believe that it's true that they don't even think that it is a religion or a belief that you have to believe or not you know what i mean like they believe that it matters whether or not you use a styrofoam cup in in terms of like the fate of the world all right um, it, it, the other thing is that there's news reports that Pete Davidson is dating the uh, Karen Kardashian, been, whatever Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian. They've been seen okay. together. So here's my question, and mm-hmm. I think I know the answer with you. You're you're a Malugian girl, so I understand where your where your where your wants and and, mm-hmm. and desires lie. But if you're listening right now, if you could you please message us if you're a woman <laughs> and you find Pete Davidson an attractive candidate to be a, uh, a a romantic partner with? I don't understand this. I don't. I do not get it. Like between Pete Davidson, Jason Sudeikis, and John Mayer, uh, they have slept with over 384 million Americans. <laughs> I think. I don't. Now I get John Mayer. He's a good-looking musician. I get Sudeikis. He's a fa- he's an he's an actor, and he's probably got a good game. Pete Davidson. I don't get it. 
I don't get it. And I want your family as well, and all those female siblings, to to state their true opinion on this right now. And um, He's not good looking, but that's not Caroline everything. Caroline, too, and Jean. I want to hear them that's testify. That's not everything. Good lookingness isn't everything. Well, wait a second. <laughs> How come this became abruptly personal? Well, <laughs> first of all, I think you are good looking. Wait a second. Well, why would that even be a question, though? <laughs> Man, how did this happen? I told oh, my you, God, I've got I think Hillary I have, Baldwin. I think I have a type because <laughs> I've always loved Orson Welles. Yes. <laughs> and I was like looking at pictures of young Orson Welles the other day, and I was like, oh, he looks just like you, Tom. <laughs> yep. Kind of true. Pre-fat so, or- Orson Welles looks thank like you. Thank you, Alice. He looks just like me if I weren't ridiculously uh, obese. Uh, I also, Alice, have a, a slightly different portfolio than him and, <laughs> and record of accomplishments and achievements. I think you're very accomplished. Thank you. Thank, oh, yeah. I absolutely feel. I know that from the minivan out in the driveway. The fact that it's dented and it's still got a zip tie holding the bottom of the front <laughs> b- bumper. Orson Welles said the same thing I, I, I understand. I also tied the back bumper on with um, one of Sally's hair ties. So that's good. It's all going well out there. Um, But in any case, this has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. Can't wait to talk with you all about the results in Virginia. Hopefully we know soon. Um, You can talk to us until then on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod or on Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We're also at Burn Barrel Podcast.com or you can email us Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.